Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Final Word on Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. It's October 13th. I'm your host, Gabriela Silva-Ponte. Today, we'll be covering stories from TPS's Increased Patrol to the Mental Health Champion Awards to Minister Marcy Ian's recent funding. But first, let's take a look at today's top news with Sharanki Kalantharasa. It is Friday, October 13th, and I'm your host, Sharanki Kalantharasa, reporting for Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. And here are our top stories from today. A woman from Ottawa is charged with sexual assault in residential schools. Toronto police increased patrols in Jewish communities and areas of gathering after war in the Middle East. Canadians traveling to Mexico for Lyme disease treatments are worrying health officials. Lastly, a 15-year-old boy is injured in a stabbing outside a Scarborough school. So let's get into it. Three gross indecency charges were laid against a 97-year-old former nun with regard to sexual assaults at a residential school. The aged nun Francoise Seguin was a nun at the St. Anne's Residential School in Fort Albany between 1958 and 1968. Her name was one of those on a list that was collected on a probe to find the names of the residential school staff that are connected to sexual assault. A survivor of St. Anne's, Emmy Korkmaz, told CBC News that she went on a trip to Expo 67 in Montreal with Seguin. Korkmaz said, quote, At the time, I knew nothing of the abuses that took place there, and I thought she was one of the good guys. Korkmaz also expressed that laying these charges may provide closure for the victims, but she also stated her doubtfulness in terms of Seguin actually being imprisoned due to her old age. Many survivors of the St. Anne School have shared their horror stories and the different ways they were treated in an ill manner, such as being forced to eat their own vomit when sick. For the second headline, Toronto police increased patrols in Jewish communities and areas of gathering after war in the Middle East Wednesday night. Toronto Police Service released a statement on Wednesday that they are receiving information from community leaders that the war in the Middle East is, quote, generating fear and insecurity in Toronto. Police are assuring citizens that there is no credible threat currently in the city, but have increased patrol in Jewish communities and areas of gathering in order to ensure their safety. 
According to City News, on Monday, a pro-Palestine rally took place at the Nathan Phillips Square in front of Toronto City Hall. That evening, people gathered at the Mel Lastman Square in North York to show their support for Israel and mourn the loss of those killed by Hamas. Moving on, Canadians traveling to Mexico for Lyme disease treatments are worrying health officials. Many Canadians diagnosed with Lyme disease are traveling to Mexico to receive treatment. Many interventions such as stem cell therapy, hyperthermia, the induction of a fever meant to kill Lyme bacteria, and extended antibiotic use are used in the nation. In fact, due to the availability in various different treatment plans in Mexico for the disease, many Canadians are spending anywhere from $29,000 to $200,000 Canadian for the treatment. In fact, many of these patients, such as 56-year-old Marnie Freeman, told CBC News that they see some improvements and subsiding of their symptoms after receiving the treatment in Mexico. However, health experts are concerned over the extended use of antibiotics as the treatment in Mexico is extending the three-week recommended usage time of Canada by a lot. Dr. Lenora Sackenzer told CBC News that the treatments are very costly and ineffective and are, quote, quite far from what Canadian doctors are recommending. For the last headline, a 15-year-old boy is injured in a stabbing outside a Scarborough school on Thursday at around 1.30 p.m. The incident happened around David and Mary Thompson Collegiate Institute on Midland and Lawrence Avenue East, according to Toronto Police. According to Toronto Star, two suspects are in custody and the victim was rushed to hospital with what paramedics said were serious but not life-threatening injuries. That was it for the news, but let's take a look at the daily forecast for the rest of the week. Today, temperatures are at an average of 14 degrees, feeling like 9 degrees, with partly cloudy weather. Tomorrow, on Saturday, we will have temperatures dropping by 2 degrees to 12 degrees, feeling like 8 degrees, with slight showers and a precipitation rate at 76%. And for next week, we will have temperatures staying at the average temperatures of this week with more showers forecasted. It is Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. I'm Sharanki Kalein Thanks for listening.
Meanwhile, the Canadian Alliance on Mental Illness and Mental Health honoured seven mental health champions on Parliament Hill at the start of this month. I spoke with one of the champions, Tina Colosso, who described what the alliance is and her award. So CAMI, the Canadian Alliance on Mental Illness and Mental Health, works alongside other mental health organizations to advocate for better mental health policies, accessibility, and resources for Canadians. So the award celebrates individuals and groups from different sectors that advance the field of mental health through awareness, education, and support. The Sharon Johnson Champion of Mental Health Award for Youth specifically highlights a youth who has demonstrated leadership in their community on promoting mental health awareness and support. Mine was given based on my research, being ambassador for youth struggling with anxiety, and founding my own self-improvement club. Um, So it's given to like any individual who has advanced the field of mental health in their category. So we have the youth is what, which is me, which is what I've won for. We also have other categories like innovation, community, parliamentarian. Colosso also talked about what she did to achieve this and what a great honor it is. Um, So each category is different. Mine was for the Youth Award, it was for someone who's advanced field of mental health or has shown leadership in their community. So for that, um, what I've been nominated for for that was um, I'm currently an ambassador with the Camp Kids Foundation. Um, they're like an organization that supports youth struggling with anxiety. I have also done research in the field of mental health. Uh, some of that is knowledge mobilization and as well I'm also dissecting academic journals and translating it to simple words so so more people have access to the information. And another big thing that I did was I founded my own club, my own self-improvement club. So I use a holistic approach and we share on social media practical tips and simple habits that anyone can use to foster personal growth and attain a healthy mindset. It's an absolute honor being a champion. Um, Everything I do, it's because I have a passion and love for it. So having this award, especially given by CAMI, um, the Canadian Alliance on Mental Illness and Mental Health, like it's a truly inspirational organization with all the work they have done in advancing mental health awareness, education and support. So being a champion just serves as a physical reminder to keep doing what I'm doing and creating a positive impact in the lives of others. The ceremony was held in person in Ottawa. It felt very surreal. Um, It was my first time actually meeting government officials and going to an event this big. The only events that I've been for were like high school or university award ceremonies. So this is on a much grander scale. Um, Everyone there was really nice from the organizers to like the MPs that we got to meet. Everyone was very nice. Everyone had like an interest in what we were saying, which which felt really good. Colosso described what mental health means to her and what her hopes for the future are. Well, mental health has always been something that's been important to me. So I came from like an Asian immigrant family and it hasn't been talked about as much. So it was kind of like a taboo subject for us. And I know struggling with my experience, I was lucky enough to have a very good support system among my friends and local community. And they were able to like help me get through my problems, my issues, stuff that I couldn't talk to my family. They always had an open, they're always willing to listen and all like they weren't judgmental towards me. So mental health, being able to talk about my feelings and be comfortable with them 
um, has helped me in so many ways and has made me the person who I am today. The mental health has always been something that I strive for, something that I want to advocate for. And I think after the experiences with COVID, it's now an important issue now more than ever. Next steps, well, I'm going to continue doing my research because I absolutely love the people that I work with. But I think I want to take Limitless, the club that I founded in Laurier, and see how that we have got more attention from people of different demographics, um, different schools, different places in Canada. Um, we start seeing them interacting with us on social media. So ideally, the goal is to have... Um, to make limitless, uh, like have different chapters in universities, so we can spread the message, get more people, um, help help more people. But yeah, I think just one more thing to add for my club about limitless was the main thing that I, um, the work that I do is mainly just advocacy and promoting accessibility, which I think are both very important. Um, the club um, it's ultimately served to create a more understanding and inclusive community where anyone can be themselves freely. In a press release sent to Met Radio co-chair at the Alliance and chair of the Champions Committee, Florence Budden, said, CAMIMH and its member organizations are proud to celebrate these exceptional individuals and their commitment to ensuring equitable and timely mental health and substance use health support for all Canadians. These extraordinary individuals symbolize empathy, compassion, and social responsibility through their relentless efforts and innovative approaches, leading the charge in eradicating stigma and ensuring all Canadians have ready access to the mental health support they require. Co-chair of CAMIMH Ellen Cohen also said, Today we come together to honor the significant strides these extraordinary individuals make every day in mental health. However, it's vital to acknowledge that our work doesn't stop here. As we applaud their notable dedication and innovation, we are reminded of the persistent effort needed. Our mission at CAMIMH is clear and committed to advancing a Canada where mental health and substance use health support is equitable, accessible, and timely for all. The champions were nominated by a group including peers, colleagues, friends, and community members based on their local, provincial, and national mental health advocacy. The selection committee composed of healthcare professionals and organizations representing those with mental illness across Canada then finalized the awardees list. Minister for Women and Gender Equality and Youth, Marcy Ian, recently announced $3 million in funding to the Lee Picot Center for Social Impact. The funds will be used over the span of four years. They are hopeful this will increase the economic participation and prosperity of Canadian women. This support will go towards the expansion of the Equity Opportunity, Advancing Women's Economic Well-Being Project. The project started back in 2022 and will now add two more nonprofit community service organizations and more programs. The addition of these centers will make up a total of eight. 
The programs address systemic barriers that hinder the economic success of underrepresented women. Local journalist Owen Thompson has more on the story. My name is Owen Thompson with the Local Journalism Initiative. On September 25th in the morning, members of the federal government announced in downtown Toronto that the LEAP Picot Center for Social Impact will be receiving $3 million towards the improvement of women's economic empowerment. LEAP is a registered charity that started in 2012 to help combat complex social issues. This includes the issues around women's economic development. Starting in 2022, LEAP began work on their latest project, the Equity Opportunity Advancing Women's Economic Well-Being Initiative. With the initiative, LEAP, quote, seeks to build an equitable and resilient future for women in Canada, unquote. Richmond Hill MP Leah Taylor Roy and Marcy Ian, the Minister for Women and Gender Equality in Youth, led the announcement. Roy says, We're here today because we know that when we advance the economic participation of all women, we drive economic growth while boosting the income of Canadian families. Well-paying, stable jobs for all women. It means better financial security for individuals and better outcomes for communities. So this work supports women, but it also supports our communities. LEAP will begin receiving their money this year and get their last payment in 2027. In their first year, they will receive $1.3 million, followed by their second year with over $450,000. In their third year, they will receive over $750,000. And in their last year, they will receive over $350,000. The initiative is made up of six Canadian women-led organizations that help other women build skills and raise their standard of living. The current groups include the Keepers of the Circle, the Forum, NP Power Canada, Newcomer Women's Service Toronto, Up With Women, and Woodgreen. Organizations in LEAP help women in diverse living and life situations, as well as help develop new skills to aid them in the workplace and secure jobs. For instance, one organization provides training for Indigenous women in Northern Ontario for skilled trades, and another helps women in low-income households leave poverty. Leah Germanis, founder and CEO of Up With Women, says, helps recently homeless and at-risk women, essentially low-income women, because anyone living in poverty is at risk of homelessness. So women and gender-diverse individuals, and uh, they pair them with certified coaches, with expert advisors, and they help them to exit poverty. Oftentimes, within a year, they're able to make dramatic changes. Women need this service. They need it across the country, and they need as many people that need the service need to be able to access that, and that comes from this incredible support. With the money, Ian says that these organizations will be able to scale up their reach and include two more into the LEAP initiative. Ian says, The initiative began with supporting a cohort of six not-profit, non-profit rather, community service organizations, and it was so good to meet with all of you before this. And it's about scaling up their successful high-impact programs. I said when meeting before this, it felt like a puzzle, a really important puzzle, and everybody had an integral piece. Everybody does things maybe a little differently, reaches different people, but coming together, how formidable. Best in class is what we said. Today's investment will allow LEAP to include two more organizations in this project, so for a total of eight, and deepen their support for all the organizations that they serve. And this will also go towards helping them because they need to become more sustainable,
that's our show. You've been listening to The Final Word on Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. I'm Gabriela Silvaponte. This episode was put together by myself, Owen Thompson, and Sharanki Kalantharasa. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>